There is a podcast called The Local Maximum at localmaxradio.com and it's hosted by Max Sklar, who has over a decade of experience in machine learning. Max talks to creative engineers and entrepreneurs about emerging technology and how it is changing our world. You will learn about building great products and how to communicate and build your career. That's why data scientists around the world are tuning in to The Local Maximum and uh, you can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts or at localmaxradio.com. This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Garaletta. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning easy for everyone. In this episode, I'm going to speak about reproducibility in machine learning. Reproducibility is a fundamental aspect of machine learning for a number of reasons. First of all, because you as a data scientist will be collaborating with the rest of the team that is usually composed by people who are not necessarily data scientists, but maybe they can be DevOps or sysadmins or researchers or just generic developers or even business people. Uh, those who really have no clue of the nitty-gritty of, uh, of machine learning and data science. The second reason why you really want to take care of reproducibility is that um, it is very important to keep your data connected to the code. So in machine learning, uh, data never exists without code and the other way around. So these two things are tightly connected. A machine learning model, in fact, performs uh, with a certain accuracy uh, and reliability if it has been trained on a specific data set, right? A specific training set. And so these two things should be connected. The code that you write, for example, to implement your neural network or logistic regression or whatever model you have in mind, is very much connected to the data you are training with. Um, and so if you change the data or you change the code, in fact, you are uh, you know, changing the entire pipeline and uh, compromising probably the reliability of the model. So when reproducing results, data and code must be tracked together. And if any of the two is edited or, you know, or, change, or changed or uh, deleted or, or updated, as it usually happens with data, especially streaming data, well, those changes will affect the pipeline entirely. Now, why can data change and why usually data changes? Because uh, a new training set has been collected or because the original training set has been pre-processed in a different way or just because you found a, a, a newer technique for, uh, you know, to clean your data or to fill in the missing values and stuff like that. So, you know, things can happen during the entire development of your pipeline. And so, um, you know, things keep changing and there is kind of a dynamic process that uh, brings you from the raw data to a smart model. Obviously, there are a million of reasons why uh, code can be edited after the pipeline has been implemented and maybe is ready to be deployed. From a practical perspective, it becomes extremely difficult to keep track of all the possible combinations that both data and code can change. And this is even more obvious when in a team there are, for example, people who are in charge of collecting the data, uh, other people who are preparing test sets, other people who are preparing just the back tests, for example, because they know uh, the business better than you. And of course, other people who are trying just to uh, build the model. 
Now, how many times your colleague trained the model, then changed it for some reason, and it was extremely hard for you to get the same results she got on her local machine? And how many times, let's call it your manager or the business intelligence guy, has changed the requirements or the objective of the project entirely, just when you consider that the project in a mature state and ready to be deployed? Well, in this specific case, you don't really need to be working with people to mess things up because yourself under pressure and your gentle manager are more than enough to break things, iterating in an almost infinite loop in what you call, or you will call, the never-ending project. So if that's the case you're in, arm yourself of the most advanced code and data tracking tools because they will be so precious to you, especially the time that you will waste if you don't use such tools. Now, a good code and data tracking tool uh, should facilitate the, let's say, decoupling of data and code. This is extremely useful uh, whenever one is a happy of the collection and pre-processing method, and of course, wants only to focus on the modeling part. Complex machine learning pipelines can have fixed and moving parts. And in order to speed up the process of learning the best possible model for the problem at hand, it is essential to focus only on the moving parts, especially if the fixed parts, you know, are consolidated. So once you collect the data, except in very rare cases where the entire collection strategy will change, most of the time, these are things that, you know, will stay until the end of the project. Now, while there are many tools that allow one to keep track of code and data altogether, I've personally been using one in particular that implements all, um, uh, all I said before. And uh, this tool is called DVC, which stands for Data Version Control. DVC is an open source tool that allows one to track code, data, and build reproducible machine learning pipelines. One aspect I personally haven't found useful about DVC is the metrics generation, but we'll get there. So basically there is a the possibility to reproduce an entire pipeline, calculating the metrics at the end, for example, accuracy, error loss, or anything that is more model specific, and then recalculate these metrics for an, an edited pipeline. So to compare which one performs the best. So let's say you have the first pipeline uh, with the uh, data collection strategy one, and then uh, model model A, and and you have an accuracy which is, for example, eighty percent. And then you slightly change the pre-processing part, so another step between collection and model. And of course, that you know that's a completely another completely different pipeline. So in fact, you have now two pipelines, but you can have probably twenty pipelines, you know, because. Uh, you know, the way you can change things, the way you can pre-process every single feature separately, independently, uh, it's going to give you a number of pipelines that you will like to try and measure all together, right? So you can, you know, once you have there the, these many options and these many pipelines, it's going to be a mess to keep track of all of them. And that's what exactly DVC uh, helps you doing. Uh, and of course, it automates also the way you calculate the metrics for each pipeline so that you, at the end of the day, you have a very nice table uh, in which you have all the pipelines that you tried in your repo and with all the metrics. And so you can just pick the, the best one. Now, while this sounds extremely useful, I must admit that it is quite rare to have standard metrics uh, all, all the time. Most likely, every problem imposes uh, you know, its own way to measure how good a predictive engine is. And 
what I think is not that flexible with DVC is the fact that, you know, most of the time, you know, you should write these metrics yourself, uh, while DVC supports uh, very basic and standard metrics. Uh, in contrast, one feature that I really love of DVC is the explicit separation of the repo that will store data and the repo that will store the code. Uh, while code can be tracked by mature tools like the Git, for example, it would be a horrible idea to do so for large or even not so large data sets. Of course, you can say, yeah, but there is Git large file storage or, you know, the LFS, but it's still very hard to connect data to the entire pipeline. While it's okay to use LFS for uploading, you know, large files, it still is missing the fact that you are, you want to connect this data large or not to the code, to the machine learning model. Now with DVC, it is possible to define a so-called the remote, which is a repository where all your data will be stored. And this can be uh, done using SSH, HTTPS, or an S3 bucket in Amazon or Azure or Google Cloud. Uh, it's a very, uh, uh, there is a plethora of ways you can use to, you know, to store your data. You just have to tell DVC where your data is and uh, what we call in the jargon connected to the remote and then all the rest will be seamless connected um, you know via git and in fact in git you're going to um, store only the pointers to uh, to your data which is in fact uh, in another repository uh, one dedicated to data and data only now whenever i use dvc for my reproducible projects I split the entire pipeline in three macro steps that pretty much resemble the standard and kind of non-written rule of machine learning, which is data pre-processing, model training, and model evaluation. Now, this separation facilitates the usage of tools like DVC uh, because these tools heavily rely on input files and output files uh, that become the input of subsequent steps, right? So what is the concept of the pipeline? Well, the pipeline it's called a pipeline because uh, you have a you know command step one that has some inputs for example the raw data it cleans this data and it outputs the cleaned version of your data now the cleaned version of your data which is the output of step one becomes the input of step two for example the machine learning model and so the output of step two is the for example the performance metric and so as you can see, the output of step one becomes the input of step two and so on. Now, if you have a pipeline of let's say 20 steps, uh, which is not that of an exaggeration, you can have basically, well, you must have something like the output of step one is the input of step two and so on until the end. This separation, and so the three steps that I just mentioned, facilitates usage of tools like DVC because they want things to go like that. That's why we call it building a pipeline. So if you can think about your project and break it down into different steps that live independently, even though they actually depend on the previous results, if you can build a pipeline out of your project, then you are almost, almost surely ready to go with tools like DVC. Hope you enjoyed the show. Bye for now. This episode is supported by Ametix Technologies, a data analytics company. Ametix design and build data analytics engines to support decision-making, the kind of work that empowers humans at their most important tasks and business. Ametix uses advanced methods in machine learning to extract knowledge from raw data and create value for your business. Check it out, ametix.com. 
A-M-E-T-H-I-X.com.